welcome to Second Act Podcast. As I always say, it is a continuation, yet an evolution, the act of finding meaning, fulfillment, and a deep sense of purpose. In the beginning, I thought this medium would be a place to learn from experiences of others. During what this platform has given us and so many recordings that we have done, the name itself has become synonymous to so many different ideas. For some, it spells hope, for the others, inspiration, and for me today, it purely spells power. It is a place where people come to narrate their experiences, a place of learning and viewing the world from someone else's perspective, a place to share, learn, confess, express, and take away. We at Second Act truly believe that learnings happen through conversations. I have a very dramatic personality on my podcast today. <laughs> Ina Khalid, you're a theatre director, writer, actor, drama facilitator based out of Mumbai. You're a founding member of a theatre company called Patchworks Ensemble, which is uh, a theatre company that strives to create relevant and surprising theatre. Their work is process-based with explorations and workshops. Sheena, you are a trained um, um, a trained person in physical theatre at the Lung London International School of Performing Arts. You are a drama facilitator at the Drama School of Mumbai and you teach improvisation and device. Uh, mm -hmm. You developed a workshop series called Captivate, very very interested to know more about that, which focuses on public yeah. speaking and confidence building skills for working women. Most recently, also conducted digital workshops for effective communication for the digital world. Sheena, your words mm -hmm. for yourself, your drama is completely mesmerizing. And you have many acts. And so welcome to the podcast of Second Act that focuses on inner discoveries, inner potential, inner talent. And you are just full of that. So, well, Thank you so much, Arjuna. Thank you. It's really lovely to be here. It's an honor to have you and um, also learn from you and uh, so much work that you're already doing, working on people and their skills and getting the best second act out of them. So tell me, Sheena, how did this journey start for you? Um, so actually, Ajna, it's not a very, um, it's not a very inspiring story, to be honest. I was in college. And in college, I was just looking for whatever work I could get. And it just so happened that I heard of a theater company that was hiring someone to do administrative work for them. And at the time, they were offering the incredible amount of 5,000 rupees a month, which for when I was in college was just too, it was just too great an opportunity to pass up. Yeah. And so that's how I joined theater company now I was interested in theater but you know very much on a college level and I always thought um, I had one dream and my dream was to study literature English literature and then get a master's and then maybe do my PhD and eventually teach that was what I wanted to do um, but then I also when I was in college kind of quickly found out that that route of academia uh, I don't know if I was so cut out for it and at the same time, I got this job with this theater company. And I really, what started off as something that I was just doing for a little bit of extra money on the side became something that I was very interested in. Because this was a very unique theater company. It was called Theater Professionals. And it was started by Jehan Manikshaw. And they were not focused on uh, putting up any productions. 
they were focused on skill development. So they had, uh, they used to curate workshops. Every month, there used to be two types of workshops, a foundation workshop and an advanced workshop. And they got practitioners from all over the country to wow. conduct these workshops. And I used to curate these workshops. I, not curate, actually. I used to just handle the admin of it and document these workshops. And that's how I really got interested in this idea of what are the skills that the theater world offers an individual? And I started working more with that. Then I started training for myself, you know, attending the workshops. Then I went and spent some time in Kerala. I did, you know, some Kalari Pike there. I worked with some other theater creators there. I worked on a theater festival there. And so slowly, slowly, I think I just kind of made my way into the theater like that. Um, and then I was very lucky because I got a scholarship to go study in this college in London. So I did that. And when I came back, I decided that it was time to start creating my own work. And that's when I started my own sort of company. So honestly, it was really something more that I stumbled onto as opposed to like, you know, under say there was this avaaz, there was this calling. It, it, it was more something that happened by accident. And uh, I have to say, it's just been, I've been so lucky that this, these doors opened for me when they opened for me. Hmm. So what I hear is that for you as well, and for a lot of people, it is some chances that life brings us and what we make out of those chances uh, clearly builds yeah. the way that we look forward. So I think, um, you know, I, I just feel that um, there are a lot of uh, us who ignore these signs and still do whatever we are doing and probably do not even explore these areas which are thrown open to us. Glad that you did and made out what you do, because I know that you're working in this space, uh, which really helps people, like you said, you know, um, something that is working on the skills of people, because more often than not, all of us have this very beautiful feeling about ourselves that we are not good enough. And like, I can't do this or like, you know, oh, oh God, but you know, this is not for me. So, you know, so when you do these workshops, I'm sure you also come across a lot of people who are underconfident who always say, oh no, but this is something that I can never do. So how, how is this work of yours helping so many people out there, whether it's, you said you also do one-on-one, -on -one, you also do your workshops through your uh, venture and otherwise also the corporate workshops that we have done together as well so I see your work and I see that how you're touching people tell us about that experience and how you feel so for me Aitana all my learning has been based on theater and is based in theater and primarily storytelling and it's my learning from there and it's the toolkit that I have from that world that I bring into the world of public speaking and communication and the thing that I am most interested in and the thing that I think is what I'm most curious about and I'm constantly exploring is this idea of authentic communication. What is authentic communication? I think many times what happens with public speaking is that it, um, one believes that there's a set rule, rule book. Right. And you have to tick these you know, boxes that yeah. I have to be, confident and I have to be funny and I have to be this and I have to be that and the truth of the matter is the most engaging speakers the ones who move us the ones who captivate us are the ones 
who are authentic, the ones who are themselves and comfortable in themselves. We are not, and this is something that I constantly say in my workshops, we are not robots. I am not interested in this perfect, you know, this is the, the, the ideal way of presenting. I'm not interested in that. What interests me is what is your ideal way of doing it? And you make mistakes, you make mistakes. That's what makes us human. That's what makes us interesting. If you are going up there to make a presentation and you're going to be sharing something, then it's very important for me that you bring your personality, you bring your passions into it. Because otherwise, send a PDF, send an email, let them read about it. Right. And so I think that, and, and again, this is my approach. There are so many approaches to it. Each one valid, each one important. This is my approach. And, and mine is, like I said, all rooted in the theater and storytelling. And the idea and, and, and the learning from theater and storytelling are exactly this. Where's my pleasure in this? How do I find my joy in this world? And then once I have found and tapped into my pleasure and joy and my curiosities, I share that with my audience. Hmm. That's my philosophy when it comes to making work. And that's my philosophy when it comes to training. Very interesting. But tell me something that when somebody comes to you or, you know, somebody approaches you to say, hey, I want to work on my communication and public speaking skills. What is the starting point? Um, so I think it start that, well, it depends, you know, for different people, it's different things. Some people that I work with on one-on-one -on -one sessions, uh, they haven't, you know, they come in with a very specific agenda. I have to present this paper. So can we work on that? Uh, some people come in with this thing that, you know, when I am creating my presentation, I'm, and I present it in front of my colleagues, it's all great. But then the moment I come in front of an audience, I freeze up. So what do I work on? So I really like to listen to what the needs of the people in the workshop are. But if I'm starting with a group workshop, I, I think the starting point has to be enjoyment. So I start with games. I start with maybe a little bit of a story. Or I open it up and say, let's do this as like a kind of a reverse storytelling session. You begin. You tell me, what are you anxious about? What are your fears? Let's, let's air all of that stuff out. Yeah. I absolutely, so the thing is, again, my experience, because I have attended so many workshops as a participant as well, that I, my biggest anxiety is when facilitators are like, okay, let's start with introductions. Hmm. Everybody go around the circle and introduce yourself. Oh my God, I get so stressed out. I'm like, how am I going to introduce myself? What should I say? How should I say this? What do, I just, I, I freeze. So that's, that's something that I'm very clear about. I'm not going to start with that in my workshop. Let's start with some play. Let's start with enjoyment. Let's break the ice. It's all very cold. It's very frozen. It's very, uh, very static. And we need to break that down. So I always start with icebreakers. And, and it just, I think the moment, and this is, again, this comes it is in theater. This is in storytelling. This is in public speaking. You have to be able to relax, hmm. calm down. It is, we sometimes psych ourselves into believing it is the life and death. It's not. Hmm. Calm down, focus on your audience. They are more important than you are. Don't think about yourself. How am I doing? How am I doing? How am I doing? Think about your audience. What does my audience need? 
So I always start with icebreakers, games, stuff like that. Again, you know, that's like theater games and stuff like that, group sessions, and then move on with that. Or a story, I start with a story, an anecdote, and then move on with that. Beautiful. My question was more towards like for people, for people who are not confident, how do you mm, okay. help them? What are the first steps for them that you help them discover about themselves or to work upon themselves? Or how do you make them from an underconfident to a confident person? So the thing is, again, when we talk about confidence, it's not just one thing, right? It's right. not just, it's never just one like you know here this is one dawai take it done you're confident yeah There's so many things and i think with every individual it's different ways of approaching it right. for some people it could be this idea of um uh, for some people their confidence comes from a place of how well they know their material right. and so for them it's the question of like you know let's just work on stuff on how you can recall remember and like really live your material as opposed to have it you know just something outside of you hmm. how is that something that you know even if you mess up here or there how do you cover up so for some people it's that grounding work and listen you've done all of this work you've prepared and now you're presenting it so let's just really like take that that process of taking it from stage to stage for some people it lies there for some people, it's just a question of breath exercises. Right. Like just working with your breath. Inhale, so, relax. For some people, it's very important to take them very far away from their material. Hmm. Yeah. Forget all of that. Think about something else. Let's start with stories about your life. Tell me right. a story from childhood. Okay, hmm. great. How did that feel? Excellent. Hmm. Why did that feel so easy and natural? Because you... You visualized it. You relived it. You had fun while you were telling it. Excellent. Now we felt it while doing that. Let's bring that to your material as well. How can you start visualizing your material? How can you find the story behind your material? How, where's the heartbeat of your presentation? So I really think with different people, it's different things. But I think the fundamental thing is that if you take and this is something that we talk about even so in our theater company, we also run actor training workshops. So we prep actors for films and, um, you know, web series and stuff like that. There is something that we always start off with, which is this idea of reversing the flow. The focus is not on me. Hmm. The focus is on my audience. There's a um, acting coach in New Zealand, uh, Miranda Harcourt, and she talks about this idea of if you think about your phone, yes, and think about your phone on selfie mode, hmm. and you're looking at yourself, you're looking at yourself, just take the selfie mode of your mind off and turn the camera in front. So you're not looking at yourself anymore, you're looking outside. Wow, that's audience. Yeah. Think about your audience, reverse the flow. So I think that, you know, like we said, when it comes to confidence, when it comes to starting steps, it's different for everybody. But one thing that I always like to start with is this idea about thinking outside of yourself. Wow. So that was a very long and convoluted uh, answer to your question. <laughs> That's a very good way of like putting things in perspective, of course. But again, my, uh, my, my, I think the broader question would be then what is 
the most impactful way to communicate? What are the elements of good communication? What are the elements of good communication? I think number one is this idea of as the speaker, you have to come from a place of being relaxed. You have to come from a place of being in a... Now, relaxed doesn't mean that I'm not nervous. Of course, I'm nervous. Hmm. Nerves are good. But those nerves have to be something that I'm able to channel and hmm. channel that energy into exciting energy. Right. Hey, I'm excited to share this with you. Hmm. Channel those nerves. You have to come from a place where you're relaxed, where you're composed, whatever that means. Does that mean you have a little ritual before you present? Does that mean that you have to take you know, a few extra deep breaths before you get on stage, whatever that might be, come from a place of being relaxed. Number two, don't try to be something that you're not. If you're not a person who humor and, you know, that kind of comic relief does not come easy for you, don't try to crack jokes. If you're not the kind of person who does, you know, big inspirational quotes and all of that, don't do it. Find out how it is that you naturally communicate. What are the things that you find pleasurable, that you find interesting, that you find engaging in your work and share that with the audience? And so I would say being relaxed, being authentic, and finally, being a keen listener. Listen to the needs of your audience. Even if you're making a presentation, you can see it. I need to be aware. I need to be present. Okay, I can see that maybe I'm losing some of my audience members. What do I need to do to bring them in? Sometimes if I'm presenting something and it might be quite dense, I need to stop. Hey, are there any questions at this moment? Hmm. Is anything a little unclear? How can I make this more clear for you? I am here for you. It's the same rules. If I'm conducting a workshop and I find that, you know, okay, I'm losing some of my audience. What do I do? Mm-hmm. How do I bring everyone's attention back? Maybe I do a quick game with them. Maybe I stop, I ask them questions. Maybe I give them a little bit of time to do some writing exercises. Right, got it. Maybe it becomes discussion work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think being a keen listener, being available is also absolutely essential. And again, see, being confident is, is, is confident and, and in communication if you is kind of like staring at the sun. If you look at you can't look at it directly. You mm-hmm. have to use other ways, right? So once if I am relaxed, if I am being present, mm-hmm. if I am being true to who I am, all the the, the confidence will come. Right. Yeah. Confidence is not an actionable thing. Yes, that's what we talk about for actors, you know, uh, I want to be a confident, uh, this character is a very confident person. What does confidence mean? Hmm. That's not actionable. This is a character who enters the space and will go straight to the cafe and order the coffee exactly of his choice or her choice or their choice without caring about who around them will judge them on what coffee they're drinking. Boom, that's actionable. That's something you can do. Is that, is, is that clear? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's what making sense. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. And I actually wanted to tell you that, yes, it gives, again, like, you know, a, a thought, a food for thought, I would say, you know, to say, okay, what are the things that probably we don't even look at in a day to day? What are the things that also stop me 
just because my mind is saying that it's not working like that you know so i think a good communication yeah. is also coming out of those pieces which have stopped me in the past and like you know now with a lot of work on myself and i think human beings are work in progress as i always say even in my obviously uh, yes so it's not that that one piece worked and the other other will automatically work one presentation went well so other will automatically i do not think there is no always a tick yeah. box to say okay now i've achieved it no because every yeah. audience is different every way that you are standing in front of people you will feel in a certain way so so and every day you are different yes there are different moods and emotions that you bring into things and you can't ignore that and and that's so true yeah yeah and there are times when you know you're i'm not in the best of places uh, you know something's happened and it's happened with me in some of my trainings where you know something at home is disturbing or the kids are not well and that's playing on my mind and that completely shows you know when i am presenting and then you know it's so difficult sometimes to disconnect but i think a good communication is also to be able to disconnect from what's bothering yeah. you to being at that moment yeah you know i've started uh, playing tennis recently mm-hmm. and uh, i'm really bad i'm really bad but <laughs> i have this lovely coach his name is sachin a lovely lovely guy who uh, i train with and you know such and so i was playing this happened yesterday i was playing and all of the balls that i was hitting were just going out and out now i'm getting so frustrated and sachin came up to me and he was like listen the ball going out of the court you got you once you've hit the ball that's gone it's doing what it's doing the only thing that you can focus is on your swing Mm. so don't because what you are doing is automatically you are going looking at where that ball is going that shouldn't be your focus your focus should be here how are you controlling the racket what are you doing and once your racket has hit the ball and the ball has gone you no longer you can't do anything you can't change physics oh. that's going that way the only thing that you can uh, change is your stance the way you're holding the racket the way you're connecting with the ball and You know, I think that that's that's why I love doing. I am not a sporty person. I was not. I was one of those people who have. You know, there are some people who are just born very sporty and active. I'm not one of those people. I've never been good at any of this stuff. So why I absolutely love doing things like playing tennis and going cycling and doing these things. It's because I feel like it's such a physical manifestation of a lot of the mental. Um, blocks that we put for ourselves yeah it's physical it's in the body the same stuff that you know we try to over intellectualize sport just shows you ki bhai nahi hoga don't do this focus on something else calm down hmm. practice 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 you're not going to get better over just one day that's not going to happen you're going to have days when you're really good and you're going to have days when you're so bad but you come back again and you try again and you try better and you fail better so is there an incident that you remember where you probably did not do so well you came back saying oh my god i don't feel great about this workshop or this presentation or my theater today and um, how did you bounce back then so you know with theater the really incredible thing is the most incredible thing and the most frustrating thing is that you do a show 
Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm, I'm just finished a run of shows. And I mean, I have more shows again starting on Thursday. So Saturday, 5 p.m., we had a very good show. Very good show. And then we had another show at 8 o'clock. And I just remember thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe we have to do it all over again. Mm. Because we just did it. And we did it so well. And now we're back again to ground zero. <laughs> so true. And the 8 o'clock show was really not good. Was really not good. And then we left and I left and I came home and I was like, oh, God. You know, and, and I had friends who came for the 8 o'clock show. Oh my God. And of, nobody I knew came for the five o'clock show. So I was like, oh God, okay. Um, excuse me, sorry. I just have some allergies acting up today. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So then five o'clock show, eight o'clock show. I came back, this, this, this. But because it's the theater on Sunday, again, I was back at five o'clock. And again, it's like, okay, we have to do this again. And I think that's one of the big learnings that theater has given me is you cannot dwell on it. It's bad. It's bad. Hmm. I conducted, uh, during the lockdown, I was quite lucky because I uh, got a lot of, I was doing a lot of online workshops with Commune. And I did one weekend of workshops that went out really well, really Hmm. responsive audience. Hmm. And so then I had another set of workshops. So I said, you know what, this time I'm going to change it up. And I'm going to see if I can do the audiences and the participants. I'm going to put them in breakout rooms. I'm going to give them a few stars. I'll jump from breakout room to breakout room, see, you know, if they're presenting to each other and stuff. The workshop was a fail. Didn't happen. Because there were just too many people, too many breakout rooms. I would go to one breakout room. By the time I'd go to the next one, I'd completely, those people were completely lost. Some conversations started. It was just, then by the time I got all the everybody back, I shut the breakout rooms, got everybody back. It was just a disaster. And I remember, I, I think it was, I must have been talking to Roshan earlier. I called Roshan really upset to be like, this is a commune workshop. I was conducting it. It didn't go off well and all. And Roshan was like, huh, huh. He heard it and all of that. He said, okay, great. So um, now for the next workshop, what do you know that you have, like, what are the things that you have to not do? So I said, you know, I think I need to prepare more. I think I should not try and do this, not try to do And Roshan is like, no, no, no. You're talking about, you're talking on an emotional level. Actually, practically, batao. what should you not do for the next workshop? Mm. So I said, I shouldn't have breakout rooms. He said, done, no breakout rooms. Next, what's the other thing? Mm. I said, uh, I should not be giving tasks that go on beyond seven to eight minutes, you know, individual work. Okay, great. And Roshan, actually, I think, you know, a lot of people, Roshan being one of them, but also people that I've worked with in the theater, this idea that what are actionable things? Something doesn't work, too bad. The more you dwell in it, the more you like, you know, just stew in it, the worse you're going to feel. Take from that experience what did not work. Boom, Hmm. boom, boom, boom. And I can, I have to try hard not to repeat that. And obviously, you know, like I said, I'm human. I have bad shows. I have bad workshops. Of course, it makes me feel bad. But I also know that I will get another shot. Right, right. I think that's quite motivating. And I think that's a big learning that, you know, just one thing doesn't decide, you know, the whole of you. Um, Many chances will come. One might not go well. hundred might just go well. 
And the other thing is that just when everything goes well and one doesn't, we still feel, you know, like, oh my goodness, like, you know, this is the end of the world. And I think that is something that we need, all need to work on. And I think um, working on our own communication, our own findings, our own, like you said, actionable plans is something that I think will take us through. So thanks for yeah, sharing. Yeah, like you said, it's this idea also, of, I mean, like just of, to, to add to what you were saying, it's also in order to be a good communicator, you also need to, you know, a good communicator with your audience. You need to be a good communicator with yourself. Yeah. Be honest with yourself. What didn't work? why didn't it work hmm. and sometimes the answer is very simple it didn't work because i just wasn't prepared well enough yeah it didn't work because today i thought it's a huge learning for me when it comes to workshops because i i have been conducting workshops in different aspects for so long that it is very easy for me to sometimes think ha yaar ho jayega hmm. i'll go there i'll do it problem kya hai and those are the workshops where I really get my lesson learned that no, irrespective of how long you're doing it, you have to go prepared. Yeah. You have to, you have to, have to do all of that groundwork. There's no cutting corners. So, so it's about being able to communicate with yourself, being honest with myself. And sometimes also being honest with yourself, like, hey, I prepared. I just had an off day. Fine. Let's see what happens next time. So, yeah, so um, I know what you're saying because every time I just start feeling a bit relaxed to say, okay, this podcast, I, maybe I don't need that kind of preparation. And that very podcast tells me that, no, you need to be better prepared. So there is nothing in life you can take easy. You know, you have to have all your uh, learnings and research and, you know, be ready you know, with the new content, um, just be prepared yeah. for everything. It can't be taken easy yeah. and there's no shortcut to anything. You're right. You know, when I used to do these workshops earlier, and especially when I used to work at the drama school, when you're working with, you know, young students, and young students have a lot of questions, right? They'll obviously have a lot of things that they want to ask and stuff like that. And I used to feel such pressure to always have an answer. And... I remember one day there was one, somebody asked me a question and I just, I didn't even think I was like, you know, I have no idea. I actually have no idea. Let me go and think about that and give you an answer tomorrow. And then suddenly something just shifted in this thing of like, oh, I can also, that's also being authentic. Wow. Yes. That's actually being really authentic for me as a, as a facilitator. So yeah. that was also a huge learning for me. And I think that's what most people, I think we miss out on saying that I don't know and I'm keen to learn, but you know, I will come back to you because that also brings me my own growth and learning, you know, and I do not think that there is any shame. Rather, there is a moment that everybody cannot know everything and it's good to own up to say, hey, listen, but I'm not sure of this, but, but you're right. I think yeah. to also... Uh, accept this as an answer because sometimes we are judged for you know not knowing as well I feel and I think we need to be yeah. happy people no don't you think we're judged for absolutely not yeah absolutely and that's fine because some, we, we don't know we are not you know we are we're not google hmm. so if somebody asks you a question about this 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 and you don't know because that's the I think the 
the try and i think that's the thing right we belong to this culture especially today where it's like this hustle you know just like wing it yes spin it you know charm them put glitter in their eyes and and for me i have found that that has never served me well on in the long run hmm if i yeah. try to yeah. come in i mean i we were speaking about this last time i've attended some courses online i've done some um there's this one great website called creative life okay uh and they have online courses and so there's this one uh, online course which is really actually quite interesting heroic public speaking okay and i think it is something like i want to say maybe i can't forget so i'm not going to say but it it costs money so you have to pay for it heroic public speaking is the online it's the thing and it is some really fantastic learning you know really fantastic learning on how to what what it what it means to be a to create a heroic speech a heroic speech meaning a speech that moves somebody hmm. that you know things that will stay with your audience um and i was Uh, I, I had done this course, and 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 a lot of the things really resonated with me. But I went in. To, I, I I was talking to somebody, a, a client. This was a client who I was working with over some time, and I said, "Hey, listen, let's try something new this one session. I've just attended this course. I want to bring in some of those things to this course." And so I did, and you know, we did that one session, and and I left, finished that session feeling like, you know what? I learned a lot from that course. but that in no means has equipped me to take that and give it to somebody else hmm so that idea of like i've learned from here and i can immediately replicate it here which is something that i think a lot of us think is possible for me i've realized that that's no my learning from here i have to streamline that i have to like assimilate that into my own learning right. and find my own way then of of working with that material yeah that so, i think that is what most facilitators need to do because we are just trying to just take a lot of content from youtube and trying to just you know you know present in a way the similar way it's not a unique way like you yeah. said everybody needs to have their own style their own the way that they present it's and nobody can copy anybody else's so i think we all need to find our own niche and uh, our own connect because somebody will connect with us i think because we are authentic like you said i love yeah it. yeah yeah so shina tell me you spoke about students you know um and we always say there's a right age to do every you know a certain kind of task and um confidence building public speaking uh, theater everything is associated when when you're right on school to college um and but there are people like me who are in you know their mid age uh, and we we start feeling that it's it's now late and i don't know whether even i'm capable enough or i will even get get it so what do you have to say about a lot of people in the corporate world in our own space also not even in the corporate but otherwise as well who have crossed the youth but are still not feeling confident about themselves about you know that they can do better and now the age is not on their side you know again in my experience i've just found that this is just such this is just all these like 
lies that have been fed to us that you have to have it figured out by here and you have to have it figured out by then and this is like you have to chart your life and and i just don't think that i just don't think that's true i don't think that's true in my personal life and i've seen enough people around me that that's not true about hmm. what you do need is you need you need you need to be curious you right. need to the right. moment you accept that hey listen i'm not good in this one thing right now but that doesn't mean i can't be it doesn't mean that this can't be a skill that i can get or it's also this idea that like you know for example in the tennis class that i'm doing right now there are so many of us that are playing you know it's a group tennis class there's so many people some people who played tennis when they were kids some people like me who didn't play tennis but we're not we're not looking to become national champions we're looking to like learn a skill and we're looking to better ourselves and at the same time we're looking to have a good time while doing it i i think that you know there are so many stories around us of people who have and and they don't have to be big success stories about somebody you know who somebody at the age of uh, 55 was asked and then he won an act, uh, oscar and all we don't even have to look there we have to just look around us people do it all the time low stakes high stakes people are doing it and so we just have to look at that and appreciate that and say if that person can do it i can do it i mean i think of someone when i used to work at commune i got really lucky when i was working at commune as a curator i got to meet some incredible people mm. jasmine khurana she uh jasmine khurana is one of my favorite poets and she was worked as an um economic she was an economy uh, economic professor i think i forget but she was working in delhi as a professor and she was working with this other organization and and stuff like that and she decided to give spoken word a shot and she did this poem and this poem was about superheroes okay. and she was like i'm a superhero being uh, my being a wife being a mom being all of these things running my house i'm a little bit of a superhero and in her and she had this image this beautiful image of her sari the pallu of her sari being her cape and the poem went absolutely viral wow. my mother messaged me on uh, whatsapp to be like i got this from my school uh, My, you know, my school WhatsApp group. Have you heard this? And I was like, Yes, Mama. Of course, I've heard this. I know you know who this person is. And my mother said, This is the best thing I've heard. It's so good because that—that's what Jasmine did. Jasmine went out there, irrespective of the fact that she hadn't done this before, irrespective of the fact that you know maybe spoken word poetry might be a younger artist game. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I I don't know. But you know, there are all these like connotations around the world. she went out there and she spoke her truth and her truth resonated with so many people wow hmm. and i think that's the amazing thing about community you meet people who have like completely different lives and not only have they i mean we're talking in this thing of like learning a skill and picking up something there are people out there who have like completely switched careers done a complete 180 Mm. And it's amazing to watch. Yeah, that's their second act, and many more acts. That's their second act. <laughs>
So it's coming to the question. So what's your second act? Because this question is the center of the podcast. What's your second act, Sheena? What is my second act? You know, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I have an answer for that, but I have to say that I, my, I've been very lucky that I have the work that I've done and the training that I've had has equipped me to move from such, to move from space to space. So whether it's doing the corporate training with, you know, public speaking or the, these workshops that I ran Captivate or whether it's working at the drama school as a facilitator or being at Commune or working as a writer, I love the fact that I can straddle worlds. I don't have a career path in front of me that's, you know, one straight road and I'll go from this to this to this and then I'll be this person and that and this is the amount I'll be earning by then. I don't have that kind of career. My career is more horizontal and I am so lucky and I really love that. The fact that um, I've been able to jump from different ponds and I just hope that that's something that I can continue doing to move from different spaces and occupy different spaces. Because I think that's, and that's the thing, nothing is in isolation. So the work that, you know, the kind of workshop that we did together or this, the conversation that we've had in this podcast, I really believe that there are things from here that I will take and will resonate with me on Thursday when I'm performing on stage. Yeah. Which will then come back to me and resonate with me when I'm writing and working on a storytelling piece. Yeah, you're so right. You're so right. Every conversation, every every kind of like, you know, work that we do creates some impact. And how we take it forward is what brings the second act out. I totally believe in that. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for that beautiful answer. Now talk to me about Captivate. It's very, firstly, the name itself is very captivating. Um, so what is this all about, about... Um, creating confidence and public speaking for working women? Um, so actually the name of the workshop was going to be Catalyst. That was this, uh, the workshop name that I was really interested in. And I was talking to my friend and I was telling her about, you know, the, the, the name being Catalyst and why, because, you know, I want to create a workshop space that's like a Catalyst for this, this. And I remember looking at my friend and my friend was like, that is such a long explanation. <laughs> it just has to be. And she was like, that's just such a long explanation. She was like, it just, why can't it just be something that, you know, is a little more like, like, you know, it's a name that kind of like, and I was like, yeah, you're right. I need a name that kind of like, you know, just captivates the audience. And she was like, yeah, captivate. That's a great name. So that's how the name actually gave up. Um, and so, yeah, so I was conducting workshops and, um, I used to get hired by organizations. Uh, either there would be, you know, the companies directly or somebody else would hire us to go in and do these workshops. And I, and I went through a phase where I was doing a lot of work with, it just so happened that a lot of the work that I was doing with, was with banks. Um, Access Bank, HDFC, uh, BNP. So it just, you know, Kotak, we just kind of started working with a lot of, and it wasn't planned or anything. It just so happened. And what I noticed was when I was going and 
working with different groups and it's usually a younger group that i work with i don't work mm-hmm. with you know um senior level mm-hmm. that i found that in these groups there would be a good mix of men and women but when it would come to like you know okay so who would like to come up and present who would like to come and do this there would always be more men that would do that mm. even the look in these workshops always there would be more men but like even if there was a healthy you know like 40 60 30 70 kind of mix it would always be the men who were coming up and doing this stuff right yeah so i put this call out so after my friend who was a lawyer said that she wanted to do some workshops um and so i put this i sent out an email to people that i know uh, there were some people who i know who used to work in hr i said can you send this email out and i got a group of 10 participants okay and there was uh, somebody was a lawyer somebody was a consultant somebody worked as a casting director somebody else was in music management and um, the thing that happened in that workshop which was so interesting was that because there were participants from such different fields people were able to like share their experiences of how they dealt with being in situations where they sometimes were the only women in the room mm-hmm. and how they were able to navigate that and find their voice be able to express themselves assert yeah. themselves but not you know you know but not you know whatever step on anyone's toes or 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 that kind of stuff and i think that for me was the most exciting thing about captivate was the fact that yes it was me and i had my learnings and i was sharing things but we were also it, it was a workshop in which there were women who were expressing their concerns and it wasn't just me who were, was able to provide solutions it was different people in the room mm-hmm. a, a different people in the room and different voices in the room uh that really kind of made it a very very interesting experience so for me also i was absolutely like wow this has been such a learning experience beautiful um and sometimes things like you know there would be some people who would talk women who would talk about when they would be presenting they would feel the need to not take up too much time Mm. so jaldi jaldi finish mm. off the presentation right but you know like skim on the top and so then we would work on things like that okay how what does it mean to just like actually get used to the idea of slowing down taking pauses mm. taking the time that you need some those things like that so i ran one batch then i ran a second batch with around 12 participants which was also great and then i ran a third batch uh but the third batch got cut short because of the pandemic so then we moved online but then i realized that when i was doing it online that it is not the same thing this was one workshop that i could not do online so i put that on pause and uh actually post the pandemic i have not picked this up i am going to but i'm going to start it again next year because there's just too much going on and i need to i want to actually make it a slightly longer course maybe make it 10 sessions right. um and i and the thing is because we do it's intensive work and because there are people from such different fields it has to be a sunday mm-hmm. so that does become two months almost of weekends that you know 
I think that's a great work and I wish I was in Mumbai too and I would have joined this every Sunday with you. Maybe one day you will get it to Delhi so that Delhi people can also, you know, make benefit out of this. I was actually in, in talks with some people of trying to do this workshop in Delhi and in Bangalore. But the thing is that it is an intensive workshop. So there is a certain, and also each week I give people work to, to do. Right. So I tried to, I was speaking to somebody in Bangalore about like compressing it and making it a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But for me, I was like, man, that just, it would be a different workshop. It wouldn't be this. Because people do need work to do, like the people do need assignments and they should bring homework in because it just makes the experience better. Absolutely. So I, I, there's another type of workshop that I can do in that compressed time. Okay, so whenever you're ready with it, count me in yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely okay so you know before you go i have some rapid fire questions for you oh um, okay and then we can close this and but thank you for all that you're doing all your um excellent work on people their their inhibitions their confidence their limiting beliefs as i call them uh so so and better versions of themselves so, Sheena, what are the three words that you describe yourself? Three words to describe myself. I would say uh, curious. Um, actually, I'm going to change that. I'm going to you. I'm going to steal something from you and say work in progress. Those are my three. <laughs> words. Okay. Definitely. All right, work in progress. Yes, <laughs> that's nice, yeah. and that's I I say that all the time. Yeah. So, why do you do what you do professionally? Because I don't think I can do anything else, and because I really love doing it. Oh, great. So, what are the traits you think a drama teacher should possess? you have never stopped learning. Constantly, you need to feed yourself. Feed yourself. The day you think that you know it all, step away, because I don't think you are in a position to be a teacher anymore. Be patient, be patient, and most importantly, um, figure out how to inspire. I think that's something that I'm also still really, really working on. And I'm, I think I'm very far from it. But I think the, the drama teachers and the teachers that have stuck with me the most are the ones that have inspired me to go and try things my way. And I think that's the, that's, that's, what, that's the dream for myself. I don't think I'm anywhere close to being there. But I think that's what I, that's the goal. Great. Any person who, uh, whom you admire and why? Any person who I admire and why. Um, again, there are so many people to admire. I think currently I would have to say, um, I would have to say my friend Kalki. She is really somebody who I admire. She is a, she is an incredible mother. She is so committed to her child having an incredible life and a wholesome life. Um, she is such a hard worker. 
And in the midst of all of that, she's also such a good friend. She's, you know, uh, whatever you might see, you can reach out to her. And finally, the thing about Kalki that I find absolutely incredible is that she's always working on herself. So whether it's like learning to play an instrument, learning a new language. I mean, these are all things that she's done. Learning instruments, language, singing, uh, taking new classes, trying out new art forms. She's really someone that I admire. And she's somebody who is a public uh, person, but incredibly generous, incredibly kind, and so humble. Wow. So, yeah. One last thing you want us um, as your listeners, uh, as your viewers to take back from this session. I have discovered for myself that in order to be a interesting, it's, 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 a, it's a bit of a catch 22. In order to be an interesting communicator, you need to be an interesting person. And in order to be an interesting person, you have to be interested in things around you. The more you learn, the more you like absorb from things around you, the more you realize and, and take away from other mediums, the better you will get at trying to communicate with people and trying to have your audience with you and for you. Beautiful. So thank you, Sheena. Uh, very, very nice, candid, uh, open, authentic conversation, as I call it. Um, you bring in a lot of great work and um, really thanks for being on this podcast. I'm sure that this could inspire many who will hear us. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, you know, work that um, will help each of us to discover something within us and probably discover our second act. So thanks again. Thank you so much, Ajna. Thank you so much.